Welcome to the Leadership Lab podcast. This week, Jeremiah and Bianca Stingle are having a conversation about becoming an effective leader, as well as how to develop others into strong, confident leaders. Within the notes for this episode, you will find a discussion guide so you can listen with your leaders to spark dynamic growth within your team. Are you ready to grow your leadership? Let's join this conversation with Jeremiah and Bianca. Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Lab podcast where we are developing the heart and soul of leaders. My name is Bianca. My name is Jeremiah and today we're going to talk about how to have a great meeting. I don't know if you've ever been to a meeting where you left and said, oh my goodness, I do not ever want to go through with that again. That felt like a waste of time. It felt like a black hole and it just sucked all of the time that I had in my life away. I've been a part of meetings like this before and today we're gonna talk about how you can avoid that kind of feeling for the people who are attending your meetings. That's good. Now, I could go into an endless list of details of the amount of meetings that I've had like this, but let me just kind of take you into one of them just so you can kind of get a glimpse of it. It's, it's when you show up at the meeting and it appears that no one's prepared for this. Mm. Like no one's thought about what we're going to talk about. Mm. No one's made a list of agenda items that we're going to discuss. It's just like everybody gets there and like, hey, we got this event that's coming up and we need to have a meeting to talk about it. But nobody's giving any thought to mm. it. And then there's a bunch of random conversations that are going on during it, way Ooh. off subject from anything that that group of people been gathered there for. And then all of a sudden, it's just like this winding thing that just kind of never goes anywhere. Nothing is ever decided. And you walk away from it thinking, what just took I, place. I'm just exhausted just from hearing you describe it because I've been there before. It's the most demotivating thing in the world. So today we're going to talk about how you can have meetings that are fun, exciting, that are engaging, that have a high level of accountability yes. and that produce results. So let's get into how to have a great meeting. So the first thing you want to do to have a great meeting is have a meeting before the meeting. So if you're going to ha again, have a meeting before the meeting, that's good. If you're about to have a meeting and, and this doesn't happen, have happened, ha doesn't have to happen every single time, but there are some of those meetings that are going to just require a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of work, and you really can't just go into that meeting blindsided or just blindly thinking it's actually going to produce something great. And here's the thing. It's important that we recognize that you're not just having a meeting just to talk about stuff. We want to have a meeting where you can get stuff done. That's what I want to do. I want a meeting that produces the best out of me and the entire team. So some meetings require a meeting before the meeting because there are just some details that have to be hashed out with specific people before you walk into that major meeting. And when you have a meeting before the meeting, one thing that you're doing is you're creating an agenda. You're creating a flow for the meeting. Yes. Who's going to be speaking about what? What questions are we going to ask specific people who know things that are in the areas of their department and so we have a staff meeting every week and there's a meeting that happens before the staff meeting to talk about everything that everyone's assigned to talk about now how, how do you find that out well you create an agenda and you have a deadline for team members to submit what they want to talk about in the meeting beforehand so not only is the leader preparing for the meeting but now everyone who's attending the meeting 
is now preparing for the meeting so that everyone can come in with something to offer. Yes. The pastor that we were on staff with for years was famous to tell us that if you have a seat at the table, you need to make sure that you bring something to talk about at the table. Yes. Like, like earn a seat at the meeting. Right. Pastor Dave was so good about having the meeting before the meeting. Yeah. If you're going to show up to the table and if you're not going to bring something and contribute, then you have to ask the question, why are you at that table? So if you want to be a fruitful, valuable person that adds value to everybody else and to the team as a whole, then you've got it. This is where you really have to take that personal responsibility and say, what am I bringing to the meeting? But really you have to back things up and you have to understand what's going to be talked about at the meeting and make sure that your area is really thought through. And this is where we can decide as leaders what gets to be talked about at the meeting. So good. That's why the agenda is so important. If you've ever been at a meeting that was really well run and afterwards you feel energized, you might be exhausted because there's a lot to do, but you still feel energized and motivated to be like, let's get something done. That meeting didn't happen by accident. There was a lot of planning, a lot of preparation before that meeting ever took place. And so when you prepare an agenda and when you have people send things in, what that does is it says, this is what we're going to talk about in this meeting. And that really helps from the rabbit trails, the, uh, the, the content or the conversations that don't really apply. And we don't end up wasting a lot of people's time. Listen, people who have prepared for the meeting, they come to the meeting with an extra level of excitement. Yeah. It's, a, it's a level of ownership that they have about the meeting because it's like, Ooh, we're going to talk about something that's important to me, but having this agenda that's being submitted ahead of time and having this meeting before the meeting, you get to actually filter through some of the things that you're saying, Hey, we're going to table that. We're right. not going to talk about that at this meeting. We're going to make sure that that gets brought up in a, in a side meeting over yeah. here. There's just so many things that are productive from having this agenda, this meeting before the meeting, you can actually even place in there some questions because you might notice that a person who's responsible for a certain area really isn't bringing everything that they should be bringing. Right for that specific area. And so as the leader, you notice, oh, they didn't, they didn't even bring this up. And this is critically yeah. important. I'm going to make sure that they know. So, so out of the meeting before the meeting, now there's communication that's happening to say, yeah. Hey, this team member, you need to make sure that when you come, you're actually prepared to also talk about this right here. That way, everybody's not getting like kind of it's not surprising to them in the meeting. Right. There's nothing worse than embarrassing somebody. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh yeah, I should have been in charge of that. You can avoid all of that with right. the meeting before the meeting. Right. And so it's so great to ask people to do and, some of these things. And we also need to take, we need to be listening in the meeting itself. And when those ideas that need to be tabled or need to have an offline meeting, it's important that we as leaders, we take that authority in those moments because everybody's time is so precious yes. and there's nothing worse than just sitting in a meeting and like two or three people are talking about something that really does not pertain to your area. Yeah. I have so much respect when it's like, you know what, actually this doesn't apply to everybody. You guys talk about that later, or we're going to talk about this later. We're going to save everybody else's time. When you do that, even, even in a meeting, cause those moments do come up. There are times things just come up in a meeting that you didn't plan for. It's important when you communicate that, what it says to everybody else is saying, man, they really respect my time. That's so good. And it makes them want to come back to another meeting. So good. Because we're building trust. We're not only just running meetings, we're also building trust with our team. And we don't ever want to be viewed as like, well, they don't really value my time.
So good. So I know that one took a lot of time, but that was a really, really important point. We're going to move on more rapidly through the rest of this. The second thing is only invite people to the meeting who need to be at the meeting. Yes. Man, it is so demotivating to be a person that's been invited to a meeting, maybe even required to be at a meeting, and then to discover, man, I really didn't even need to be here in the first place. It, it's it's not only demotivating to that person who wasted their time, but then everybody else kind of looks at that person like, why aren't they bringing anything here? And mm. really, they don't even necessarily need to be there. So we've got to take time in preparation for the meeting to make sure the right people have been invited to the meeting. And I do want to speak to our dream teamers at Living Water just for a moment, because this is really important. There's a big difference when you're talking about employer, employees type of meetings. It's it, a way different when you're talking about people that volunteer their time. Yes. So when you are working with people that are voluntarily giving up their time, to serve the church, serve the Lord through their gifts and talents. When it comes to meetings, this is even more important. So recognizing not everyone needs to be at everything. Yeah. And so really taking the time as a leader, good leadership says, you know what? I'm going to look at this. Who really needs to be at this meeting? And then taking that time to invite those people and not inviting people just for the sake of numbers or anything like that. That's really important. Our next thing is, is to keep it short, but effective. Keep it short, but effective. Great meetings don't have to be long. (laughs) Say that again. They don't have to be long. Can I hear an amen they don't from the have podcast listeners? <laughs> they do not have to be long. We all know that there are some meetings. Yes, it might take that hour, that two hour mark just because the nature of what you're talking about. You got to grind through you some just, details. You got to do it. And, and we understand that you have to have some of those meetings. But for the most part, there have been so many meetings I've been a part of. And I'm just like looking at my looking at my watch low key. And I'm like, why? Why is this taking so long? And I, I recognize I'm like, this meeting probably could have been accomplished in 15 minutes. Wow. And and we're going on 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm just like, yo, you know, like it's 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 like. I'm glad that we're talking things through in some ways, but at the same time, it really once again demotivates people to want to attend the next meeting. And so keeping it short, but effective according to what the context is. I went on a mission trip uh, to uh, the nation of Jamaica mm-hmm. a few years back, and I was invited to preach at a local church there. Well, the culture of that church, which I did not know ahead of time, you know, the, the service would go on for hours. Like it was a church service that would last, you know, maybe three, four hours sometimes. And so the pastor, he would preach forever. And I, I think he was a very effective communicator, but he would just preach really long, like over an hour worth of talking. And that's not the culture of the church that we've been a part of. And so uh, I got done speaking and the pastor got up afterwards. And I think he was like, oh, okay, okay. We, we, we still got a lot more church that we got to do right now because people are expecting to be here for a long time. And he said about my sermon, he said, he said, that was short, but very effective. <laughs> and that was his, that's my best Jamaican accent there. But that's what our meetings need to be. Our meetings need to be very effective. Yeah. They don't have to be short, 
but they need to be to the point. Yes. They need to be concise, well-planned, and valuing people's time. That's good. The fourth thing is that we need to understand the tone of the meeting. That's good. Listen, some meetings need to, you know, be kind of serious and getting something done. Maybe even there might need to be some corrective things that happen in a meeting because yeah. the team's not performing at a certain level. But listen, the me meetings that are the best are ones that are full of joy. They're full of life. They're full of family accountability. Yeah. There's, there's, there's life that happens there. There's celebrations that take place. I mean, you're really good at planning meetings that just have a tone of excitement to them. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to stop there. Thank I'm, you. I'm just passing it thank off you, right there. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do. I really, I take joy in making meetings fun. I know that there are some, there's, it's that corrective tone and that's really difficult for me, but I go into them because I know they're just as necessary as the joyful ones. But yeah, recognizing the tone of the meeting really helps you set the meeting because if, if it is a more lighthearted meeting, then Hey, add food, add fun, add a game, add an element of surprise. And that's how people can really enjoy coming together. Even when it, it might seem like it's the more mundane details, they'll, they'll still come back because they've also been a part of meetings where it was fun and exciting. But enthusiasm is probably one of the best things you can bring to a meeting, regardless of what the tone is. And the, the meeting environment can can be influenced to make it fun and exciting like when you walk into a room and there's like pins that are neatly thing and everybody's yeah. got like a little agenda that's been placed at their little thing and there's little mints and maybe some little peanuts and some chocolate things and some waters everywhere and it just looks like man like this has been prepared for yeah. like people are ready for me to be there it just adds to that excitement that people have for the energy of the meeting that's so good the next one is establish rules for the meeting this is good there are some rules that need to be established if you're going to have a great meeting there are certain rules and foundations for instance Respect should be a culture, regardless of the yeah. type of meeting, regardless of who's there. Respect should be a foundational rule that whoever is speaking, whatever we're talking about, whatever the tone is, regardless of the time, respect is a given. If someone is speaking, we're listening well. If someone has an idea, we respect their ideas. We don't always have to agree with their ideas, but we need to respect their ideas. And we as leaders, we have to create these rules for the meeting by the way that we lead. So the way that we treat people and how we treat their ideas and when they're speaking really models for everyone else. These are the rules. You may not have to say it. I don't think you necessarily have to say, hey, we should respect one another when we speak. We model it by the way we live. And that's way more powerful than having a document saying, hey, here's the rules for the meetings. No, we just need to model it as leaders. And what you just said is, is so important. I want, I want everybody to hear this again. What the leader models becomes the culture or the, the rules for the meeting. Yeah. And so you, you speak respectfully towards people. Yes, there might be something that needs to be corrected. It may need to be sideline corrected, not maybe in front of everybody in the meeting. Yep. And that's a, that's a respectful thing. You know, there might be times where you say, Hey, I'm totally not meaning this to, to come on. I just need everybody to know this right here about this little thing right here. And there's times where you can navigate those things, yeah. but whatever the leader does. So if the leader's on the phone and just while well, somebody else is speaking, yeah, I'm just going to, mm, I'm just going to do some emails. Say that. 
what, what you're doing is you're creating rules for the meet. Hey, it's okay to do other things during the meet. I think that that's a great rule to have is say, hey, yeah. we're not going to pull out our phones. We're not going to do emails during right. a meeting here. I want everybody engaged and focused. It keeps the meeting moving faster. If everybody's yeah. engaged for a period of time, yes. then everybody knows, hey, they're going to get me out of here so that I can move on with my life eventually. And you know, you said something, you said sometimes people are going to say something and we want to make sure we, we say it in a respectful way. But I do want to say that sometimes things are said that are taken not in the way that they were meant. And so having meetings after meetings and sharing feelings like, hey, when you said this, this really kind of rubbed me the wrong way or it, it sounded like this or I took it like this. Is that what you meant? And having those types of conversations afterwards, it keeps the unity of the team and we need to protect that because it's very, very easy to get our feelings hurt and then it just slowly creates a wedge. But when we say, hey, can you help me understand when you said this, what did you mean by that? That's a great question. After the meeting, because hey, people have said stuff in meetings and it's hurt my feelings. I'm, I'm not too proud to say, I, I mean, I have feelings and there are times I'm like, what, what did they mean by that? You know what I mean? And, and sometimes it's my own insecurity and I took it the wrong way. And then sometimes people are like, oh man, that was a dumb thing to say in the moment and vice versa. I've said things in meetings where people had to come to me afterwards and say, Hey, now when you said this or, or I'll say something in a meeting and later on, I feel like I probably could have said that better. I, they could have taken it this way. And I follow up with that person and say, hey, when I said this, I, I hope it didn't come across like this. I, I would never want you to feel bad or anything like that. And those are so important for our team members to experience from us because those are human conversations so that we have to have if we're going to stay unified. If you have those conversations, it does not make you less unified. It actually, it unifies you more afterwards because you went through a conflict and you resolved it in a biblical way. Now we're even stronger than before. And what you're talking about here, and there's a book that I want to recommend. It's called Emotionally Healthy Leadership. Yeah. And so as an emotionally healthy leader, you can actually process some of these things without letting those insecurities that we sometimes have, let them you know, take control and, and us become known as that angry leader, that offended leader, you right, know, right. That, like what, what you said is have that meeting after the meeting and just, Hey, can we talk about the way that this hit me and things like that? Those are all emotionally healthy ways to handle things. Yeah. The, the very last thing, or wait, let me say one more thing yeah. about the established rules for the meeting is that ideas aren't owned by the individual once they're brought up to the team. Yeah. So so you might have an idea and then you bring it up to the team and now it belongs to the team and you can't get your feelings hurt if for some reason the team doesn't want to move forward with your idea. Yeah. You, you understand like you, you share that and it, once it's on the table, yeah. it's owned by that group right there. The decision's going to be made right there yeah. and then we're going to move on from it and you're not going to feel like, well, man, I don't feel like my, and, and you need, if you do feel like that, you need to go to the leader after words and right. say, Hey, can we talk through the way that this is? And they'll help you process that. And you know, one thing that helps is, is just recognizing my responsibility isn't to execute all the ideas that come to me. My responsibility is to bring the ideas to the meeting yes. and then let the team decide whether yes. what, if it's the best thing to do. One of his greatest strengths is he's an idea machine. I mean, he comes out with ideas left and right. And so sometimes, especially as a lead pastor, those ideas are taken very seriously. Like, oh, well, the lead pastor wants to do this. No, he's just sharing these ideas and he's very free about, I put it on the table, we can do it. We don't have to do it unless there's something specific he strongly wants to do. And so being a person that, that brings those ideas, not to hold on to them too tightly, but instead trusting that the team we're a part of knows if it's the idea to take 
or not take. So j- just him, he's, he's given more ideas than actually have been put into action because of the volume of ideas. And if that foundation of respect is built into the meeting, it's easy to do that yeah. because you know that people are going to respect all those ideas, all yeah. those things that you bring up. So, and sometimes we've laughed in a good way, in a respectful way. We were like, wow, that's an idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you need, you need that humor. And, and he's secure enough to know like, Hey, this could be crazy. And he even says that sometimes this could be crazy. This could be just ridiculous, but I'm going to say it. And then once it's on the table, you can say, I've done my job. That was my job was to bring the idea. So good. So let's bring this to a close. Here's our last one is that you need to create a system of accountability. Mm. Okay. So this is important because if the team feels like if, if we make a decision in this meeting, somebody's writing it down. Yeah. Like there's somebody who writes that down. This has been said almost like if you, you've been to a, a meeting that minutes are kept. Yeah. That, that details are written down so that you can go back and look at who said what, what was decided by who, what's the deadline for that to take place. And then how are we going to know once it gets done? Mm. That's what a system of accountability is for after the meeting. Yeah. Because if people show up to meetings, decisions are made and nobody follows through with mm. what the team decided to do. Do you know how long I can last in a culture like that? I can't, Mm-mm. can't very long not because very long. I just feel like we're, we're, we're not all doing what we're supposed to do. Mm-mm. Listen, we're a team here. We get it done. That's what we're here to do. We're here yeah. to win. That's what teams want to do. And so creating a culture for accountability helps the team to win yeah. because everyone knows that action is expected. Yeah. And so it's important that after we leave the meeting that everyone knows their assigned yes. projects. Like, okay, there, there was this idea, there was this project, there was this task, there was this email, there was this person that has to make a call. Everyone should know. And no, I, I, everyone should know what they should be writing down. Yes. So we're not, we're not babying anybody. We're not spoon feeding people instead as adults and responsible adults that take personal accountability for their lives. We are writing down when I've come to a meeting, I've got something I'm writing stuff down. I'm creating a to-do list after every meeting. I always have a to-do list to do. And you know what? And there's, there are some times where I'm like, okay, that's so-and-so's assignment, but yet it's still attached to me because my, one of my pieces is attached to their, their task. So me and that person, I might have to write down their task because I can't do my task until their task is done. So good. These are the things that we have to write down. And that's, that's how you can have high performance teams, high so performance good. individuals. And so it's important that all of us have that accountability. So what happens? What would you say? What happens when there is something that should be done? It was, a, it was discussed. We said, we're doing it. We're moving forward. A person knows that's their assignment. We come back the, the next meeting. The task is not done. Well, there needs to be some sort of system in that next meeting. And this could be an agenda every week is that you discuss what we decided last week, who it was assigned to, and everybody kind of gives a report on where they're at with those assignments. That's good. If that's a part of the culture, people, people will get the job done because they ain't going to come back to the meeting and be like, oh yeah, I know we decided that. And I just decided that I wasn't going to do it. You know, that, that might happen a couple of times. And then either they're not a fit for the team anymore right. or, 
or they're going to shape it up. I right. mean, it's, it's some actions going to happen there. Something's you know, if happen. there's a continuation of that and they're not getting with the program, I think an offline conversation and, and those conversations and we can do this in a, another podcast, but it starts out with, Hey, help me understand. Yeah. That's a great question. Help me understand. And then, and then you just lead into whatever it is. Help me understand. You know, we, we had this meeting, we assigned this to you, you knew it, you wrote it down. You know, sometimes when I'm in meetings, and I know that someone should be writing something down and I notice that they're not, I'll just very gently just say, Hey, are you making sure that you're getting this? Because you know, there's some important information being shared right here. And I noticed that you're not really taking any notes down right now and yeah. you make sure you want to get this. You know, yeah. that's one of the things that the, the leader or, or whoever's responsible for making sure action is taken on those items. Somebody has got to be watching for that yeah. because man, there are, I mean, dozens and dozens of times yeah. we're just really nicely and gently say, Hey, make sure you get this. Okay. Yeah. Are you getting this right here? I heard them say this right here. And I want to make sure that you know that that's you. Yeah. Like you got that right. And, Balls being passed in your direction. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where the respect thing comes into play again is it's a respectful. And this is a myth. Some people think that great leaders can just retain things. That's not true. Like you can't retain all the thousands upon thousands of details. So that's why you write it down. That's why you put it in your phone and a respectful thing to do in a meeting is when you're given an assignment, whether you think you can remember it or not says, I, I understand I'm a part of this team. Yes, I've got my assignment. I mean, I, e even if I feel like, oh, I can remember that later on. No, 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 no. I want them to know Bianca's writing down her to-do list. Okay. I'm contributing. This. I'm going to give my all. And that's really, really important that we communicate that. And it gives that, and culture, culture really does help with how a team moves forward. Because if you've created a culture where it's the norm to have, uh, high execution rates, then if you become a player that's not there, you're not executing well, you're going to step into the culture and that, that capacity is going to be exposed sooner or later. And something's going to have to give either the person has to expand their capacity or then the question has to be like, are they for the team? Is this the right team for them? If that makes sense. So good. Uh, that has been such a great discussion. I hope that has benefited you. Uh, we would love for you to comment on whatever you're listening, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. If you're listening on YouTube, man, leave a comment. Tell us some of the things that you gained from this. Yes. We, we have uh, available show notes on our website that you can download. You could discuss this with the team that you lead. And I think that it's going to produce a ton of great results from high performing teams. Thank you so much for joining us at the Leadership Lab podcast.